0: This is an APTA podcast. Welcome to APTA Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. In this episode, you'll hear an interview conducted at APTA's Next Conference and Exposition in June 2019. You can find more of these on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I'm Jason Bellamy coming to you from Next 2019 in Chicago, and I'm joined by Tubi Kolobe. Uh, I want to talk about the issue of PTJ coming up, and some a study that you've been involved in. So tell me about what's coming up in PTJ.
1: Um, I think this is a special um, issue journal okay. that was supposed to uh, focus on innovations in uh, pediatric physical therapy yep. for children with um, either special needs or disabilities.
0: And so tell me about your experience there. Um, the the Sipsy I want to talk about at some point, yeah. um, but specifically the the what what you've contributed to this issue of PTJ, tell me about that.
1: Okay, what we did is, um, we um, contributed an article um, related to the work that we've done over the last um, nine years or so, um, trying to look at how we can help um, children with um, disabilities move and explore in um, their own environments. Um, And we had um, resorted to using um, technology for the reasons I will explain later, but it was using technology to help children explore and move and to do so very, very early before they actually fail to move or before they're delayed. So this, this article was uh, one of the primary articles from that research.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the SIPSI, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. And, and first of all, tell me the, the, where does the original version date back to, and then we're gonna describe what this looks like and what it involves. But, yeah. but how long has this been something you've been working with?
1: Wow, the original date, the, the very first um, prototype CPSI, um which also was funded by the Foundation for Physical Therapy as well as our own intramural, um, uh, got intramural funding, um, was uh, started in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, And it came out of the idea that I just had where I was looking at um, infants who were diagnosed with cerebral palsy or who had brain insult when they were still very, very, very young um, in the neonatal intensive care units, which we call Mm -hmm. Um, I had watched these infants over time um, become a little bit much more, um, uh, they they moved less. Mm -hmm. When they were babies, they moved a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then as soon as as they were growing up, they started to move less and less and less and less. And uh, I observed this while I was um, involved in a tool that we developed called the Test of Infant Motor Performance, the TIMP, which we did um, follow babies every week from the time they were in the NICU and then we follow them again when they were three years and again when they were five years um, and so watching that progression of these children that were moving but then moved less and less and less, and then eventually became delayed. Um, I started to think about there has to be a way that we can harness that activity that we see early, um, and um, and at that time there wasn't really anything that was available. There were there were no interventions that were available, so I chose to look to technology. Yeah. And I found a partner in Pit- Pitco, who um, is a bioengineer but is also a physical therapist. And the two of us um, sat together, and I kind of uh, articulated what I had in mind about how technology can help uh, us come up with something that will help these children retain That those movements that they showed early um, until they can put it to good use. And so my thinking was always like the way you do with a computer, you say, I want the computer to do this and this and that. But if you ask me how to do that, I don't really know, but I know what I wanted. So that's how I um, came up with this idea that that's what I wanted, something to do.
0: So I wanna, I'm going to do my best to describe mm-hmm. what this looks like in action, and then you're going to tell me which parts I get wrong. Okay. But basically, so first of all, the concept is um, that someone with a de- developmental delay, by the time you've noticed for sure that yeah. they have not you've missed this opportunity, right? Yes. And so it's basically taking a kid, and in many cases, you're putting them on this device that kind of looks like a skateboard. They're mm-hmm. on their stomach, correct? Mm-hmm. good so far? Yes. And what this device does is if it notices, say, a slightly reaching gesture that they might not have the physical ability to reach all the way to what they want, it mm-hmm. basically encourages that reaching by moving them in that direction. Correct. Am I getting this? Yeah. And so the whole idea is we keep encouraging them on to reach. They'll keep trying and keep trying. And then rather than settling into not developing, we're progressing them. Is that good so far?
1: Good so far, okay. except just one piece. OK, help me. The reaching is that they have got uh, sensors. Mm-hmm. so they're instrumented with center, sensors right. that senses that they want to reach right. and then the device moves
0: great so. and so how when you when you put a small child on this how what's the What's the effect? How quickly do they go from maybe not moving much to sort of figuring out what's possible?
1: Oh, good question. See, babies are intrinsically motivated to move. That's one thing that distinguishes them from adults. (laughs) Um, They want to move. Now, they don't have a plan for how they're going to accomplish Whatever they want to accomplish, but they have got a plan that they need to move in order to accomplish something, and so their movements are very, very erratic, and their movements are also not goal-directed. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so when you present a toy to them, they want it, and they try to move to get it. Now, um, how they do it is most of the time is erroneous. Mm-hmm. Now, what we did with the sipsy was to say, well, when they move reward that movement, encourage that movement, right? Because the idea here is to say, move as much as possible, but encourage that movement. But because they are intrinsically motivated to move towards a target, um, they will make mistakes. Now, um, allow those mistakes. This is where the error base came in. Allow those mistakes because that's part of their repertoire of learning how to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as they try to get closer, uh, then don't reward the mistakes that are misses. But before, reward them. Even if they're not close, just reward them. But at the same time, watch out for when they start to repeat the same thing um, and Uh, Don't encourage that same thing and just allow them to go for other options Mm -hmm. and eventually they get the right one Because the idea is that they are going after a target um, And eventually they get it right.
0: So you've been doing this for a number of years now So in this in this upcoming issue of PTJ What am I going to learn now that's different than maybe what you've reported in the past?
1: Uh, What you are going to learn now is that it took us about five years to collect that data from the behavior, from their behavior, um, and then they collect the kinematic because the infant is using the SIPC, it's called the Mm SIPC, the Self-Initiated Prone Prone. They're using it as a means to an end, Mm -hmm. right? So it took us a while to collect that data where we follow these infants over time until they can master this device. So it takes about per child every week it a lot of um, time goes into it. But analyzing that data is that you go back and we had to analyze what the infants did every week in trying to master moving the CPC towards the target. takes a long time. Similarly, going to the kinematics that are generated by the device, and also the, um, the kinematics that are generated by the sensor, right, because every time the child reaches, the sensor says the child moved the arm forward, but what was the leg doing, and what was the other leg doing? Or if they move both legs at the same time, but not the arms, we need to know that. So it took us almost five years to analyze that data, Eventually to the point where we can say we are looking at the same session, the same child, the same week and week to week to week to week to week to week. And so we could be really confident that this is the case. So we had never reported on this and so coincidentally nobody had ever reported on this data, on this um, uh, behavior at all. So it took us that long for us to get to this point. So this article is the first one where we are at least confident that now we have matched the data from the, um, the the device and the behavior that the children the, the children were exhibiting, we've matched them well to understand that yes, they were trying to do this, and this is what the device did, and this is how they were successful or not successful. To cut that law.
0: So, last question for you is: you, when you're spending five years to get that data, all this other time before it, this is obviously a passion project for you. What? What? Have there been some big kind of like? Breakthrough moments for you or really cool pieces of data that you've seen that sort of like what keeps you going right? What keeps the passion alive like oh, that's that's great like I now know this and now I can go what give me give me a highlight?
1: Well, the big highlight is that um, the huge thing that I started off with Babies are motivated to move. They are not just sitting there to be swaddled. Mm -hmm. They are not sitting there just to be put in a little chair with a little thing dangling for them to bed at it. They are motivated to move. And so even the children with cerebral palsy are motivated to move. So that was one big thing because watching them move even though they were not successfully getting to where they're going, but moving, that was an aha moment for me to say, holy cow, it is true. These children are intrinsically, intrinsically motivated to move. The second thing was that, that they do strategize. When they look at something as early as seven months, one could not think of a seven month old being strategic. And by seven months, they are strategic. We know that they're causal effect, but they're strategic. You would look at them when you present a toy, they will look at it. And it's almost like they're putting a plan in their heads when they're good. And they drive this thing directly towards the target, better than a 16-year-old learning to drive a car. Um, So to me, it was like, oh my gosh, where has this been? We've never explored this because they were in a chair, they were in a little cradle thing. So we've really never explored. So the children, at least they strategize as early as before that we thought that they could do that. The third thing that came through was that there's a lot of executive functions that are required to move. Now, we didn't highlight this a lot in the article, but we started to point at it that the children who have got cerebral palsy and don't have the executive functions are not like Leslie to move mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of executive functions and we are now confirming that with the EEG because those children are now instrumented with EEG so we can look at their frontal lobe, but it became clear that between those babies who were able to use the SIPSI to drive and those babies who were not, that what distinguishes them, distinguished them was the executive planning. And we know the motor cortex is responsible also for executive planning. So the three things really came through with this to say they're motivated, let them move, give them. And if they do, please do not. Correct them and just reward early and eventually just pull back the reward. Do not punish them, just pull back the reward. And secondly, that they are very, very strategic. And the third thing was that the executive function is not only that spontaneous, there's a lot of cognition that enter into this.
0: Outstanding information. First of all, congratulations. I mean, you're at a great place. That's fantastic.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And so don't miss that special issue of PTJ. She's Tubi Kolobe. I'm Jason Bellamy, and I will catch you later. Thanks for listening to this APTA podcast. APTA podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also check out APTA's consumer podcast, Move Forward Radio. This is an APTA podcast.